Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Weapon episode 219. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Ross, Ross, Jedi J. Welcome back as always to the L5J Studios right here in beautiful Clarkson, Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. As always, it's wonderful to be back here with you all. This week, on an elegant weapon, an old friend returns. She returns from the cosmos. That's right, the writer of Pieces of Madness. And Nora, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Casey Pierce. Casey Pierce is going to be reissuing Pieces of Madness soon. It's going to have two bonus stories in it. It's going to have an amazing new cover by our favorite, Mr. Ryan Lee. Can you imagine that? That's a combo, kids. Nora, number two, available now. Oh, it's not what you expect. You need to read it, kids. We talk all about it, me and Casey. We talk about that. We talk about uh, the evolution of her artistic creative writing process. And we talk about the election. Casey was actually the very first person that I spoke with. The very first American that I spoke with voice to voice after the election occurred. We recorded on Wednesday the day after it all went down. So shock was still settling in a little bit. Um, yeah, but we just kind of shared our thoughts and talked a little about that before we got into the good stuff, which of course is Nora. So as always, it's wonderful and amazing to have Casey back here on The Weapon, and I hope you all enjoy our most recent conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Miss Casey Pierce. Yeah, you are. You have the distinction of being the very first American I'm actually talking to since the election occurred. Oh wow! I don't know if I'm scared or privileged. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been been texting with people. You know, I've been chatting online with people all day. But uh, it's it's weird. It's been a really weird, weird day. I mean, I can't speak for the state of how things are down south there but canada here everybody's just been in kind of a state of shock all day you know yeah 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 that's pretty much the uh the general feeling over here too um yeah i mean not so much i don't think i'm in the state of shock over the election per se i think it's the response um you know, when I always say when somebody dies or when someone gets married, that's when you start seeing people's true colors. And um, I'm a little disappointed only because I feel like our society here has really gotten backwards on what we're focused on. And when it comes to people preaching about united we stand, divided we fall, um <laughs> You can see a lot of selfishness happening, and at the first sign of peril, you would tuck tail and run to another country and abandon your fellow American. Right. I think that is bastardous. I think that is totally selfish. And um, it does represent it. It kind of represents the the just what you're saying though the the non-unity that kind of seems to exist. I mean, oh, absolutely, absolutely, it's sickening. I think it's hard to for you know from from our point of view, being just little old Canada. I mean, it's the states are so immense. You know what I mean? And the way it's set up. I don't know if you guys understand it better than us, but it's it's so confusing when it comes to popular votes and elect, electoral colleges and mm-hmm. senates and houses and this and this and that, yeah. that that to us it's 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 so fractured. It's like 50 little countries all at war with each other. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I understand, the Electoral College was invented to um, prevent mob rule. Um, that's just one of the many reasons. Um, but what cracks me up is that this whole... And I, I used to be one of those people who would get offended at the fact that these millennials these days, millennials, so I identify with that category. And now I'm starting to see what they're saying. Because you got a, over a thousand motherfuckers that did not take this shit seriously. They voted for a fucking dead ape. Yeah. <laughs> and thought it was so goddamn funny. And this morning, those motherfuckers weren't laughing, were they? Yeah. It was not a funny morning for them. Hopefully, but to be honest, they might still be laughing. They, they, it's so, it's gone so far that those people might still think it's funny, and they just don't care. I mean, it, that's the impression, you know. At least from you know a foreigner's standpoint, is it feels like just like that one guy was saying on CNN. It feels like white lash, kind of like just anger at having a black president period for eight years which seems like such a silly thing but i i don't know me personally to it seems to come down to education and you know just a lack thereof and yeah i think there's a lot of uninformed uh voters yeah uh i think there's a lot of people who want to be passionate but they're not passionate enough to investigate their candidates they're only um investigating what's being thrown in front of their face like they you know they saw a meme that suggested this or that and whitewashed their candidate to where they painted them a certain color so that's what you believe yeah it's, you know you, you you can't you cannot do that you cannot do that it's, it requires so much more further investigation especially when you've got this uh mass media front and this has been going on for the past 40 50 years that oh, yeah. there is a, a, a certain influence that the media has over, you know, the way they represent or present a candidate. And it, it's up to you to really educate yourself. I mean, that those are two very powerful words, educate yourself. They're the most powerful words I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, absolutely. It's 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 taking that self-care to care about everything else because here's the thing. There it it's gotten to a point where there's there's no give and take in America. There's no there's one side or the other. It's black or white and nothing's yep. gray anymore as it should be. Like there's good points on either side. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, some of Trump's ideas there were certain things that could probably benefit the country and the world, but you know, uh, and others that obviously probably will not. But to not be – once you get a society where people aren't willing to listen to each other in any way, you're kind of screwed. Like it's done. Yeah. Like you that's, get nowhere. There's yeah. no progress at all. Yeah. In fact, all. it's regress at this point. Like the things I'm most scared for coming out of this is for the LGBT community. And, you know, immigrants, like it's, those are the two things mainly, like some things might be good. Like I understand, you know, wanting to look inward as far as production, like it's, it's good to be self-sustaining, you know, trade isn't always the best thing, like a giant, you know, unless you want to go to the point where you're going to actually have a global government, like a world government, it's very difficult to have this giant, like, you know, connection between everybody if it's just everybody for themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So right. you know, you're you're kind of screwed at that point. So I'm I'm scared for those people. But also, here's the thing about Trump is that you know he has been back and forth. He's been on both sides. He kind of wanted to destroy both parties and you know restart this whole system. Good on him for that. Whatever. But. I don't. It's hard to even explain. You know, it's it's a lot of people being tired of the status quo, so they wanted to elect someone who is not a politician. Yeah, that's that's... a lot of that. And and you know what? And um, whether you're, you know, whether no matter who you voted for, it it all comes down to, um, I think the Democratic Party at this point is their own worst enemy. Oh, you don't send your grandma to fight ISIS. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> you just don't. And you cannot pick the ancient white lady that's, you know, writing off of her husband's name that was so weak. Bernie Sanders would have came in and he would have kicked ass. Oh, yeah. He would have, he would have, he would have kicked over. ass. But people yeah. saw the name Clinton and they ran with it. Yeah. It's, and it's yeah. not the same thing. It is not the 90s anymore. It's not. No. no. It is absolutely not. And the thing that really upsets me is I, I saw all of this. All of this coming, all the reaction. Yeah, I even posted about, you know, oh, I'm I'm leaving the country. I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. And when the polls just opened, it was obviously a joke. Right. Because I knew, I knew that was going to happen. Well, hold on a sec. To be fair, though, uh, some of this, I do understand certain people, obviously, maybe white privileged people or whatever, and, and having that outlook on it being a bit cowardice to leave, but... There's a certain outlook from certain people in the community that are facing some serious terror possibilities in their life now. Like, there may be gay people who decide to move just for fear of their freedom, right? So it's not necessarily a giving up always, because, I mean, I hate to say it, but America is not the freest place on Earth. And a lot of people cannot be comfortable to exercise or may not in this near future be able to exercise their religious freedoms and that's a scary thing so yes absolutely i i am all for standing up and fighting against it but i mean the the for certain people this is an incredibly scary time and you know just terrifying for them as just who they are right so i get what you're saying when it comes to the people who are just kind of whining and complaining but you know, I, I do see a, you know, I see a bit of an influx. We might be getting a few more of, of, you know, the gay contingent moving on up here. I could see that happening because if they actually repeal marriage equality, that's a serious step back for those people's freedom, right? Well, as far as I understand from when I read both policies on both sides, um, there was no reneging on the validation of marriages that had already been uh, officiated. And, uh, or we're going to be officiated. I actually officiated a gay wedding. It was my, actually my first wedding I've ever officiated being, uh, ordained. <laughs> yeah, I it was saw my, that. Um, yeah. yeah, it was my best friend of 20 years and I was so honored to do it. Um, so I think a lot of it is, um, <clears throat> a lot of, uh, I want to say over dramatized rumor and I hate to say it like that because I'm not trying to be insensitive. Um, but at the same time, people forget that the president can't do anything without Congress, without Congress say so. And there's a lot of things that president Obama tried to put forth that never passed. Some wonderful things that Congress has shut right down. And, you know, but he's got the house, right? He's got the house. He's going to be able to pretty much do whatever. Yeah, But you have to remember that they're scared of him too. Right. So they're going to do whatever he wants. You'd think, no, Mm, not in that sense. Well, here's a dream, though. Here's a dream. What if he actually – because two things could happen. One is the scare that this is going to give people license to put their racist, homophobic attitudes on Front Street. But this is a Trump who has been in popular culture for a long time. And as far as media savvy and you know, gathering the masses, he's a genius when it comes to that kind of crap. What if we could hopefully bank on – Maybe he does a bit of flip-flopping on who he's been for this election. And maybe he actually can teach his own, you know. Well, every candidate does. Yeah, so maybe. They always do. It's proven time after time after time. That could be a good thing then because he may actually convince his own followers that, you know, certain things are okay like gay marriage. I hope so. I I really hope so because this is the next four years, guys. This is the next four years and we – Survived eight years straight of President Bush. I believe yeah. in this country. Yeah, I, I really do. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's even if it implodes, <clears throat> something will happen. You know what I mean? So I just hope we don't uh, fall into the hole because it's right next to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. I just, you know, the the soapboxing today was just exhausting. Oh, it was exhausting. Yeah, it was yeah. full of idiocy on on both sides, and I just. You know, I had to tune out for a while and just kind of laugh because everyone is selfish. I, I just cannot get over it. Well, it's you know, also social media, though, right? Like, the fact that we oh, live in is. this and world is so different. And it's it's mind-boggling to me. And again, back to the millennial thing. Is that, 
you know, all of these, you know, trust fund college students that, you know, who are so um, enamored with this new political correctness, focusing on the wrong issues, sitting on their couch, watching Netflix every fucking night, not getting involved in politics or their local governments or things that they say that they're passionate about, but they're really not. It's just vogue to say so. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then now they're like, well, we're going to go protest now. And now? Now you're going to do it? (laughs) You didn't stand for a goddamn thing before, but now you're going to go stand outside Trump Towers? Oh, good fucking job. Good fucking job. You look like a fucking idiot. You really do. And it would... And they, <clears throat> now this is kind of a weird analogy, but you know, this is near and dear to my heart. You know, my father was a war veteran. He was in Vietnam. Right. And, uh, I happened to work on some clients because I take VA insurance for massage therapy, my day job. Right. And, um, <clears throat> a lot of them are VA and, you know, these men were exposed to like Agent Orange and they can't get health benefits and no one was cheering for them when they came home then. No one's cheering for them now. But you know what? I'll be damned if one day we get a gender-neutral bathroom. Who the fuck is fighting for these people? For your right. fellow American? Nobody. Right, right, right. Well, Nobody. This, you this, kids do yeah. not have a goddamn lick of education. What? Yeah. So fucking ever. It's always <laughs> about you, 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 you. Yeah. Me yeah. and mine. That yeah. is not unity. That is not. No. Not And America at all. has nobody to blame but them fucking selves. But there's so much. It's it's. There's just ah. Uh, there's just so much. There's so many just, issues and so one, many ideas. Exactly. Right. Like there's so many. Like like hundreds and hundreds and of issues upon issues facing the country. That it's 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 a hard time. But you know we're trying to stay positive up here for you guys. We're in shock. But oh, we appreciate that. We we appreciate you know, that. You know, I mean, every country, the entire world deserves. You know. Um, our thoughts, you know, love, prayers, you know, and we should all that it's, it's all about just, you know what, this is the card we've been dealt and we have to band together and make the most of it. And look what happened after 9-11, how close we were. Yeah. How come totally. we can't be that close now? That was a yeah. tragedy in people's books. Yeah. It, it was a mark in history. And if you are, if you are unsatisfied as a voter and you found this to be a tragedy, then bond with people. Don't say, I'm going to run to another country. Fuck you guys. I think that's terrible. I still yes. think that's just blasphemous. Right. I totally and it get makes that. me yeah, want to say, say hey, get that, the fuck out yeah. of here. Get yeah. the fuck out of here because you were never proud to be a part of this country anyway. Right. For those people, I absolutely agree with you. But for those facing tyranny, we will welcome you and, and give you a pillow. So. Right. And you know what? I will continue to fight the good fight for those people. I have the utmost positivity that this will all work out. And you know what? You get, you got fighters on your side. You know, you are not alone. You are not alone. The whole United States is behind you. And sometimes you need to let something fall apart to build it back up again. You know, it's, it's just absolutely. There's not, we've been through so many ups and downs, so many ups and downs. And we're still here. We're still rocking. And yeah. and I love America. I love Canada. You know? Yeah, yeah. I love us. I love the human race. And, I, you know, I can't stand it when people confuse society with the human race. Take, for instance, the film The Martian, one of my new favorite films. Did you see it? Yeah, The Martian. <laughs> I think it was phenomenal. And it left me with a feel-good feeling. And I looked at, you know, my boyfriend and I said, you know... This is one of those films that reminds us that human beings are capable of remarkable things. Oh, Everybody yeah. wants to dog the human race. Oh, you know, that's why they should just drop the bomb. The human race is fucked, blah, blah. I go, no, that's society. Yeah. You can change that. Human beings are remarkable. That's a very good point. It's very, very important to make that distinction. You're absolutely right. You know, that's why I think certain older cultures, like, that's why it's different in Europe. That's why you see a lot more art and freedom and countries that have 17 weeks of vacation and free health care and free daycare and free college. And they've just like it's more here in the Western world. We do a lot more living to work rather than working to live. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. Over, over there, there's, you know, there's a much. For example, put it this way. Uh, I was in a park in Edinburgh in Scotland, right? 
And uh, I was just sitting in the park one day while I was there touring around and sitting on a park bench enjoying the the mid-afternoon summer sun. And the landscapers were in the park, you know, doing all the shrubbery and everything. And there's this one guy... And he's down on his hands and knees, and he's doing the trim edging along the sidewalk with a pair of scissors. So oh, he's down, yeah, he's down on his hands and knees, and he's got a pair of scissors, and he's just hand cutting the whole entire edge of this long pathway. And I had to ask, I was like, "Hey, man, don't you have like weed trimmers, like weed whackers here? Like, <laughs> you know, just kidding." I was like, "Have they not made it to Europe yet, or whatever?" And the guy looks at me and he's like, no, it's a beautiful day. I don't want to disturb anybody. Aww. I was like, are you kidding? You're going to take like four extra hours to do this because you don't want to disturb the people in the park. And he's like, well, absolutely. You know, we don't want a bunch of machines and stuff. Whereas anywhere here or in the States, I'm sure, you know, some landscape crew would have came in with an army of guys and, you know, blew through there with all these, you know roaring trimmers and hedgers and blowers and everything you know right and right. that that well it always sticks out to me as one of the biggest examples of the difference in how we look at things compared to the way it's done in europe where they've had thousands of years to chill out they've been through so many thousands of years of war that right you know, and that man thought about other yeah. people they he know they'll get about yeah. other people and they know they'll get through other things because there's always something. I mean, America's like, what? How how old? You know, a couple hundred years old is nothing. It's a drop in the puddle, you know? It's Canada's, this 2017 is Canada's 150th birthday. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nothing, though, you no, know, no, compared to the rest of the world. So we're so still trying to figure shit out that. You know, it's it's going to be fun to see. I mean, you know, let it roll. My, you know, I can also hope that, you know, I'm sorry to say for you guys, but if your dollar dropped, that makes my con season a hell of a lot cheaper. <laughs> you know, so, I, you know, I can't totally complain about that. And I, I, I think the one thing that I do agree with is we got to handle this ISIS thing. We got to get the Middle East under control or – and I don't mean under mm-hmm. control. I don't mean under our thumb. I just mean – that shit's got to get sorted out because that's the problem with the whole globe right now, right? Like we have to get – It's a disease. It's yeah, a we... world disease. It's brainwashing. It's, you know, it's it's the Middle Eastern version of a, a neo-Nazi. Yeah, it's – I mean really – I mean when it, – <clears throat> it, it's really sickening because, you know, we used to call them Syrian rebels back in the day. Remember that? Right. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we started arming them to fight the good fight and oh, guess what? Yeah, yeah. Well, it all yeah. harkens way back to, you know, arming the Afghans to fight Russia way back in the day and that mm-hmm. look what that turned into. So until we start learning from these things, you know. But uh let's not just drown out our entire conversation with the political madness because that wouldn't wouldn't be all fun all the way. Uh, what else has been going on, Casey? I just read a comic book. Uh, you did? I did. It was <laughs> issue number two of this, uh, of this series called Nora. Yeah. And how'd, how'd you like that? I loved it, man. I wasn't expecting what you did at all. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> well, like I knew it'd be Nora, so I knew what we were going for. Like I knew there'd be a little government this or that, and I knew there'd be a little bit of coma this or that. But what happened in the coma, I'm I'm a little – we can't really talk too much about Nora 2 without completely spoiling Nora 2, at least all the wonderful little surprises that I found page after page. So we'll have to be careful about this because I don't want to spoil it for people. But Did you want to like do a countdown? What do you mean? To a spoiler? Like, if you uh, don't want to hear it, tune out? <laughs> no, because I want people to see it. I don't want to spoil <clears throat> okay. it for anybody. It's, gotcha. It's, gotcha. it's a fantastic idea that when you read it, it you know, it makes perfect sense. But how would you come up with that twist of what's going on with the guy in the coma this time? Like, okay, uh, I guess we, can, you know, we have to kind I, of spoil it, okay? Um no, we're not going to spoil it. Forget it. We're not. We're just going to say it was awesome. And... Yeah, I, I, I can explain it without without spoiling it. Okay, you go ahead then, because I don't think I can. Um, 
Well, I mean, it'll be hard, but I'll do it because I, I can do anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. But um, you think about certain um, parts of your, you know, medical history and you think about your soul and you just think about, you know, the what ifs, you know, what if, um, what if there's a soul within a soul? You know, yes, it's just, right. it's this whole perplexed thing, you know, not just metaphysically, but, um, physically. Um, so it's, it's a lot of, uh, God, this is really hard. It is <laughs> this hard, is a challenge. Yeah. Without spoiling it. Well, no, what you said there though was very, very true. A soul within a soul that kind of says it all. It's, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it was, but if it, there were two, yeah, there are two souls. Well, it's it's uh, it was it was a very sweet story. Like it's going to be hard for you to be passing this off through the horror world, even though it's you know it's a thriller of a book through the idea and through the wonderful tone of the art. But that was an incredibly sweet story. Oh, like, okay. like, well, no, page after page, especially at the end. I was not the end end where it gets into your cool groovy stuff that will be, I'm sure, the continuing arc through all the books. Because so so you people know there is a continuing kind of arc that's going to obviously connect these stories. But as uh, Nora, who for anybody who doesn't know is a coma fisher, which means she goes into people's comas and pulls them out, and you know psychically and such. And the ordeal that she goes through in this particular coma event in issue two is incredibly sweet. It's it's uh you know it's it's it pulls on the heartstrings a little bit. I kept reading it going, aw, aw. And, and you know, you you really see a certain part of Nora who has been this, you know, mercenary. Um, in issue one, especially, you, you see that she carries this tragic demeanor. She got a hard edge to her. She sees everything in black and white, or she tries to see everything in black and white to keep from being vulnerable. Right. And um, we find out. In issue one, we get a sneak peek at why she carries this tragic demeanor. She comes from tragedy, um, but she tries to protect herself from it now by being sort of short with people. She puts up a guard, um, right. you know, and that could be misinterpreted as being kind of a bitch. But, you know, there's people like that. Right. Um, and they don't mean to be like that. It's just a, a means of defense. And uh, you get to see a little bit of that slip away as she uh, connects with this person in this particular coma. Um, because it is a, a rare case and, yeah. um, even, you, you yeah, it even gets down. to her. Yeah. Yeah. Even she mm -hmm. can't help but be like, oh, <laughs> right. You know, it, it touched her. It spoke to her and, uh, you know, it made her reflect on her own life. Yeah. I totally wasn't expecting you to go that way. You kind of almost 180 it with, uh, this very tender story. You know what I mean? It's, uh, uh, you're writing, in this particular instance of this is the most controlled I've ever felt you on anything I've read of yours. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, you're I, growing. I like you're seriously growing. You're growing by leaps and bounds. It felt oh, very restricted in a, in a conscious, in a good conscious way. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I am a, you know, I'm being, um, I'm letting people mold me really. I mean, uh, Leah Letterman in the beginning, I always say this, she really shaped the writer who I was um, from the beginning because I'll, I'll tell you this, my extent of English, you know, and grammar is schoolhouse rock. That's the extent of my uh, education, <laughs> uh, which isn't a bad thing. No. Um, and I remember the editing process of Pieces of Madness, which is getting a re-release in the spring or in February, rather, with two bonus stories. I'm very excited about that. But I remember her sending me emails saying things like, I don't mean to berate you, but, and she would point out habits that I had. I said, no, these, these are, I need these criticisms. I need them because I don't know what I'm doing. And anybody who thinks that they know what they're doing is full of shit. Right. And I always say that it, we, we really don't. We're all just trying to figure it out. Um, but then going from that editor to Travis as an editor, um, he's excellent at story structure. Um, and, they were, I, I don't want to say that he, he, I mean, he's excellent at that, but he more helped me with, um, character dimensions. Cause there was, um, a certain way I was trying to portray, um, Nora's husband and he saw it 
when he read it as something totally different. He perceived him way differently. And I kind of rolled with that. And it helped me, again, like sort of level up because I was open to um, criticism. And and I love growing. And I'm so excited about future projects. Um, I'm very excited, in fact. Well, you made Um, some really good choices in here. You You really let the story stand above the words. And like... You know, you, you kind of you, you moved forward by stepping back a little is what it felt like. And, you know, you you gave your you showed your confidence in the story itself. You didn't feel compelled to have to write it all out and explain a whole bunch of shit to people. You know what I mean? It was very simple. It was it, it was just what it needed to be. No more, no less. And, you know, it was. It was an obvious, obvious grand moment of growth for you, Casey. <laughs> you know? Thank you, Jason. Yeah, that it. means a lot it. to me. It you really were thinking does. like well, you were thinking like a comic creator. You weren't just thinking like a writer or just, you know, thinking of the art separate. It feels like you wrote this and looked at this as a comic book and you considered all the angles. And, you know, I'm sure you had help. I'm I know that there's Travis and, and Sean and the whole team you know, comes together to create this, but that's what it feels like. It feels like you approach this, you know, more familiar and comfortable with the medium than you ever have before. So, you know, I, I loved it for that. I really appreciated it for that. And it's, it's great. It's such a good story. I want you all to read it. (laughs) Thank you. I can tell you that issue four, because I wrote all four issues you know, and handed them all in and, you know, they've been written for like a year. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just starting on, uh, issue one of volume two, uh, which would be like Nora five. Um, but, um, you know, issue four, I remember Travis saying, and I'm not giving away any spoilers. Um, he gave me his response because it was a really, really heavy issue. I was scared about it. And he said, you know, Casey, I really thought that we were going to have to have one of those talks. One of those talks <laughs> about themes being too strong, you know, going a little too far, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but you brought it back to center and you brought it back to what it really is. It's not really about all, I mean, it is, but it's not about aliens. It's not about the CIA. It's not even about the comas. This is about a woman that lost her husband. Right. And he said, I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> but he said he said it was brilliant well it is yeah and i broke down i really <laughs> did cause that meant the world coming from travis well see this okay right now you're putting on display the emotion that you have come to control do you know what i mean and it's evident that that's happening with you because you're 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 cosmic, you know what I mean? You're you're, you're an all-around human being. And you know, you're you're emotional, you're out there, you're all that wonderful wonderful stuff and you know, it's not easy sometimes to rein that in. I know, I was an actor. I know what it's like to be the ham of the room, you know what I mean? And 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 I'm sure it's difficult that when you're writing the comic to not be performing it in your head. Oh right, right. Do you know you what totally, I mean? You totally get me, man. You yeah, totally yeah. Get no, me I, I've I've been reading you for a bit now, and that's where I see you going. You're turning it. You're really getting more into letting the story be, and as you're writing it, it's you're you know I can just tell from the dialogue because if I read the dialogue in your voice, like I'll hear it, like I'll read it to myself, and I'll hear it being said in your voice, and I can see, I can feel it toning down. I can feel it getting more real. Like your right. your your dialogue's getting more real and more you know just uh, natural, and you know that's that's kudos on you because that can't be an easy accomplishment you know. Well, thanks. You know, I mean, it just I, I do read it out loud. I act it out. I probably look crazy if I had a camera in my office. Uh, I used to read it to my dogs. You know, right <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. my audience, yeah. and um, but I wanted it to be as genuine as possible because a lot of people have asked, like, "Is Nora you?" And I said, "No, totally not." Obviously, I've never gone through the same things. Blah 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 blah. This and then the other thing, and then I really thought about it as I wrote for the issues. I'm like, involuntarily, yeah, there is inside a piece of me that is Nora, even though well, I haven't gone through the same thing, right? Right. 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 
And, you know, there's, um, you know, I think there's a piece of me in, in all these characters and just like, you know, back to pieces of madness, like his majesty, you know, that mm. Linda was a lot of me because my mom was dying of brain cancer. Right. And I, the first thing I said to my sister-in-law was she can't just leave me here. I was very selfish in my grief. And that whole story, that's what it's about. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. um. You can't help but pull on experience. That's what's made you what you are, right? So. Right, right. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've never, you know, gone into people's comas or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not are involved you, with the CIA. <laughs> are you starting to, well, I guess you've already written all four. But mm-hmm. as you went through the four, or do you think in the future, as you're writing more whatever it is, Nora or other titles, are you starting to look at it more and more? Like, what comic book elements are coming more into your writing that you're conscious of? Are you seeing panels? Are you seeing images more? Is there anything evolving that way as far as pure comic book writing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um you know, Sean's helped me shape that. Like in the beginning, like in, in issue one, um, the space floor was something that we came up with together because he finally came to me and said, look, Gacy, this whole comic cannot take place in the dark. You're thinking <laughs> of it like a movie. He said, but there's got to be some impending doom here besides just a door. Like right. this is going to be very boring. And you got to start thinking like a comic book writer. And... um so that happened there. And then especially going into volume two, because I'm looking at my comics or my works now in print and it looks different than what I had in my head. I mean, they look phenomenal. I'm very, you know, fortunate, but um, I'm like, okay, now I'm a little more conscious and I'm starting to use more action noises, which I'm horrible at. And That's I would even right. write to Sean, I would say, <laughs> you know, clunk. Or use discretion because he knows I'm absolutely <laughs> terrible at action noises, but there needs to be an action noise. <laughs> nice. Uh, clunk. <laughs> clunk or clop clop. Does that yeah. sound too much like a Clydesdale? I don't know. I, I'm sure they'll come to you as you evolve. <laughs> um, let's touch on Sean for a minute since you bring him up because of he course. He would love that. The, <laughs> You would love that a little too much. Touch on me. We're going to touch on you now, Sean Christopher Seal. Um, it's a beautiful book, of course, just as beautiful as the first. And uh, he he knocks it out of the ballpark again, as they say. Yeah, he's uh, something else. He he told me, he's like, those candles were a bitch. But they came out beautiful. <laughs> they did. The whole book looks beautiful. And... Uh, you know, I think the same thing's happening with him. He's going to start looking at, you know, his art in a more comic book way as he goes. This felt a little more uh, controlled as well. I, I, I keep using that word, but that's what it feels like, you know. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to, to see this series at completion because, Me you know. <laughs> well, you know, he's getting, I noticed an issue too, that he's getting a lot more comfortable with illustrating Nora because now he's. He's sure of what she looks like because we didn't yeah. have really much to go on at first. And yeah. he didn't want to make her look exactly like me. Um, but now you can tell he's getting more comfortable. So issue three, I mean, I'm I'm so excited because I know I'm going to be blown away. Right. Like you can tell he's less worried about her. Yeah. And he's drawing her in uh... – there's there's certain details like for some reason I really noticed how she was holding her cigarette in one of the early early panels mm-hmm. and you know just like that I noticed that that little element was the line between comics and when you start bringing fine art into comics and doing watercolored and painted comics and stuff is it enables those certain little tiny elements of realism that just that put it over the edge for me. And mm-hmm. something as simple as the way her cigarette was in her hand over her ashtray, I was like, there's that tiny peripheral glimpse of, you know, realism that, you know, really ties the whole thing together. It's the rug that ties that room together. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's a subtlety. And, and I know you, you have a, you have an eye for detail and um, you would notice that. And anybody listening will probably go back to that scene and then they'll be like oh yeah he's right 
Yeah, totally. Check it out. It's uh, it's it's cool. These little little bits, but you know, you can you can see it all coming together. I was at the Mississauga Comic Expo uh, two weeks ago, which was a fantastic affair, and I picked up a book called Neon Black by uh, Kevin Briones, a Canadian creator here, and he's the writer and the artist on the book. And same thing, same kind of style. It, just this beautiful riding the edge of realism and comic book art through painting and watercolor. And it's it's starting to make a boom. You guys are on the forefront of this, you know. And I would love that I'm seeing more and more and more than artists like Sean Daly who just love to work in watercolor. You know, it's mm-hmm. I can't get enough of it personally. I mean, Sean's work on the rot, you know, like just just amazing i can't get enough of that i hope more and more and more keeps coming because you know i hope so too and you know a lot of um illustrators are uh intimidated you know um or a lot of fine artists are intimidated by sequentials because you you essentially have to make the person look the same in every panel and that's the challenge and that's a huge challenge and sequential artists you know, normally start out as sequential artists, but those that rise to the challenge and conquer it, I mean, it's it's worth the effort because it's absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it adds yeah. so much drama, too, especially uh, if you're doing a horror or a sci-fi, something a little stronger. Um, it, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy, man, and I love it. Uh, I like that. You know, in a way, I've heard people say, you know, it takes so much longer, but you're cutting out the the elements of having to do the drawing, the inking, the coloring, all in separate, you know, all at separate times. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can make, and that's so hard. That's it's not just getting the character to look right, but the colors. Like to have to remix those colors every time you're gonna do a different issue. That's got to be, you know. A bit of a headache because you want to make sure that her hair is always the same shade of black sort of thing, you know? So the continuity there, its it impresses the hell out of me. It's <laughs> its amazing stuff going on, man. And I, I love when unique comics, like I picked up this other one called Errol Dynamic. And Errol, like Errol Flynn, like E-R-R-O-L. Mm-hmm. And Dynamic. And it's a story, but it's done through graphic art print retro like graphic art print kind of it's really really hard to explain but it's totally it's almost like a puzzle like you almost have to look so deeply at these pictures to figure out the story that's going on and hmm. I, I just love it i just it's it's i've never seen anything like it before and you're gonna just send it to me like show yeah, me I, I gotta send it around because you know i might even contact the artist his name's matthew daly and uh yeah he's a canadian guy as well and uh i should contact him and see if i can get a digital copy to send around because i really want people to see this and you know we need to come up with some sort of system some sort of pony express back and forth from michigan to ontario because there's all these comic i guess it's kind of me but i don't come in back <laughs> back and forth often enough but i'd love to be able to just start having some sort of share system you know Oh, there needs to be, you know, because, um, uh, damn, a lot of great talent comes out of cal- uh, calendar. Cal- Canada, <laughs> good Lord. But it's um, the same thing there. Like, these are two very, very strong comic book communities that are very, very close to each other and do a lot of intermingling and mixing, you know. It's especially yeah. me, me running back and forth and just screaming the praises of both you know so yeah thank goodness for you man seriously well, it's cool i'm not making the comics so i can just no shout but about you, the comics you're you're very um and... you're one of the great voices of the north as far as i'm concerned well you know so. it's 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 my pleasure to to be the soapbox <laughs> did you see my did you see my picture of fozzy that i drew yes i did i love it <laughs> Uh, it's not bad for her having not drawn in probably like six to eight months or something, but I got a lot of surprise out of that. Like a lot of people just think I'm a giant big mouth, but I got a whole bunch of like, holy shit, you draw yeah. a little bit. At first I was like, wait, did he draw that? Oh my God. No, that was amazing, dude. Well, that was I don't, amazing. I don't claim to be an artist. I'm, I'm a, I'm a copy machine. You know, I'm one of those guys. Like I probably could have gotten pretty good had I stuck with it from young and learned how to do it properly but at this point i'm just a a sketching copy machine but 
it's fun, but it, it just, you know, the the stuff that people are doing out there is so unique out nowadays that I'm just in love with it. I'm in love with it all. All the goodness, <laughs> you know. Is there anything else out there that's caught your eye that's weird or what have you been reading? Have you had time to read? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, actually, I'm starting to read some classics. Um, you know, Dirk got me into Harlan Ellison and Deathbird stories, so I'm still rocking on that. Right on. Um, which, sp- speaking of, when you read something in someone's voice, I watched Dreams with Sharp Teeth before I read any Harlan. And I should have read Harlan first, because now I read everything in his voice. <laughs> um, I'm, I haven't read anything by him. Whose voice are we talking? Uh... Harlan Ellison, he actually, um, interestingly enough, he sued James Cameron over the Terminator and won because James Cameron openly admitted to ripping off two Outer Limits episodes in which he wrote. He's okay. uh, primarily a sci-fi author. Right, right. Um, he's also an angry Jew. Okay. <laughs> so, and he's very loud. And so I read his work and I'm reading it in his voice. So I've got someone yelling at me. Every time I read his work, even though it's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, he wrote some Outer Limits um, and Demon with a Glass Eye, or I'm sorry, no, it was Soldier with a Glass Hand, and then, um, let's see, his Deathbird Stories collection. So I'm just now getting into that. Um, <clears throat> let's see, in terms of comics, shoot. <laughs> I haven't played that Black Science in a while. That was one of my favorites. Oh my god! Um, Who does that one? Uh, that was that's an Image comic. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Low, of course. Greg Tuccini, my one of my favorite illustrators. I have to say one of them. I'm gonna hurt somebody's feelings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't make the way he draws the human form is. Gosh, you're just gonna have to pick it up. Have you have you seen Low before? No. Oh my gosh, pick it up. Um, right. That's uh, that's image, I believe, as well. Um, and it, it's it's a lot of symmetry, but delicate symmetry. If that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, I'll have to send it to you. But yeah, um, I have to I'm, read I'm more image. With, oh yeah, yeah. I, I I dig image. I dig Vertigo. Um, always a huge fan of uh, Dark Horse's Conan. Um, but uh, you know, there was something that Josh Warner picked up that I really want to pick up. It was a graphic novel, and it looked dope as fuck. Um, excuse me, I'm, I'm trying to be professional here. Um, <laughs> it was. You're trying I to can't... be professional on an elegant weapon. You're on the wrong show, darling. <laughs> I'm trying to be elegant on an elegant weapon uh, and, and more civilized. Um, but it was based on someone on an island tried to clone Jesus Christ and it went, it went haywire. Awesome. God, I wish I knew the name of it because I want to pick it up so bad. Great. That is totally great. Like I'm enamored just with that idea. So it was a horror. Tried to clone Jesus Christ. It was a horror. Yeah, and it went horribly wrong. Oh, and he's like evil, demented, like yes! Jesus. <laughs> yes, and the cover, I mean, it's just like, I want to read that. Of course, I never did. Oh, man, that's awesome. There used to be a book here in Toronto, uh, pure independent, like done on like red, like print paper. Like it was really low, low, like almost punk rock. And uh, it was called Zombie Jesus. And there were a couple issues. There was like zombie Jesus versus robot Hitler and like a couple ones like that. And it was totally, totally awesome stuff. But that sounds like a great premise, man. That's 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 whacked out for horror. Yeah, it was pretty wicked. I'm like, I got to read this. Oh, speaking of uh, horror as well. I've one thing I'm definitely going to spread to Michigan is Hogtown Horror. Hogtown Horror. Hogtown Horror is an anthology that just came out of 17 horror stories uh, from Toronto artists. And uh, Toronto is called, for those out there who don't know, one of our nicknames is Hogtown. Because way, yeah, way back in the day, right in like the center of the core of Toronto, there were five major, it was like four or five major slaughterhouses. And uh, that's why Back Bacon... Or as you might call Canadian bacon, 
mm-hmm. penial bacon is so you know synonymous with us is because we were like the world's biggest producer of it at one point like way back in the day and you know there's there's one stand left there's a place called the st lawrence market and it's you know like a world foods market and it's like you know super ancient it used to be the gates of where immigrants the first thing you'd see when you're taking the boat in toronto into toronto would be the st lawrence market gates and there's one stand left in there that still sells pea meal bacon on a bun which is pretty much one of the most Canadian things you could ever possibly eat because, you know, that's how they kept it with the pea meal and the, and the pork would last and that's all anybody ate back then. So that's the quick story behind why they call us Hogtown. Hmm. So it's named after Toronto, Hogtown Horror, and it's 17 crazy, crazy stories. And it's some of the most disturbing shit I've ever seen, hands down, in any comic book or any movie and it's just whacked out. And I just, you know, Michigan's such a horror place, and you guys are all such horror fans that I think there's some stuff in here. There's one page that I audibly, like, went, ah, and, like, turned my head away from. Oh, my. I'm writing yeah. this down. Hogtown Horror. It's the last page in uh, a book by Christopher Yao and Sam Noir, uh, two both incredibly talented creators and they did a story in there and the very last page i forgive me i can't remember the name of the story right now it's escaping me but i i turned my head away like i don't know if i how many times i've ever read a comic and had wow. to turn my head away and, <laughs> now i gotta and, read this and you know and then i like i look at the book i was at the table and i was looking at the book and i turned i was like ah and i looked up and there were like four people behind the table like just other contributors were like oh yeah like I know, right? <laughs> it's just like, God dang. like the editor, even the editor. I was talking to him about it, and uh, Mark Fu, and he's like, "Yeah, I wasn't even sure I was gonna let this go at first, but I did, and it's <laughs> it's going well. So you know, all you horror freaks down there should enjoy it for sure. You know, <laughs> I'll bring a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, the 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 latest I'm going to be there is May, of course, for Motor City. As long as everything goes well and I'm still allowed in the country and no walls get built by anybody, <laughs> I, uh, I should be there in May for Motor City. And uh, I'll bring a whole bunch of – I'll bring a Canadian care package down for you. You can zip line. Out. You can zip line over the wall. <laughs> I totally could. I'll just go from treetop to treetop, just Tarzan and Crouching Tiger my way to where I need to get to go. <laughs> that visual yeah so i got motor city going on and then uh, also in april we got uh recently announced the great philadelphia comic-con 2017 where i hope to see miss casey pierce this year i hope so too yeah i know it's the week before c2e2 but oh it's the week before it was on the same weekend and they fixed it up and the venue was kind enough to scooch some things around. So now it's the 7th, 8th and 9th. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, I already know, having heard through grapevines and little birdies talking that uh, I'm pretty sure Travis, uh, commander in chief at Source Point Press there, he's planning on uh, going big or going home. Oh, yeah, so, I'll be there. I think it's uh it's gonna be a hell of a source point <laughs> presence. So yeah, we had a great time last year, man. What a fantastic show. Stan Oh I know. I was so oh, jealous. He really, he really saw... pulled it off, man. A lot of heart in that show. It's a family owned show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a guy and his wife and their brand new little daughter. They just had a baby. Aww. Uh Carla and Chris. And uh, so that's super fantastic. But uh yeah, Stan the Man Kanapka. Also now one of your Source Point brethren, which is very exciting. Have you seen Yes, any- he is. Have you seen anything from the Rejected? Uh, he brought Prince to, um, uh, what was it, Baltimore. And I saw oh. those because he didn't have it in print yet. Oh, I've been getting little sneaky peekies here and there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm super I'm, stoked. Stan's uh, awesome. Man. Well, uh, Travis in another... You know, McIntyrean brilliant move uh, made it a graphic novel, right? Like mm-hmm. it was, it was going to be a series in Stan's head. Like that's how he wrote it. It was Travis's idea. He was like, "No, make this a you know, give me thirty more pages." <laughs> Stan's like, "Uh, uh, uh, okay." Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad he liked it because I've been the same thing with Stan. I've been watching him grow and progress and evolve for like five years now. 
and his right he's a tremendous writer it's uh you know uh, even more so outside of the comic book stuff but i've just read little stuff that he's you know prose and stuff and you know he's he's really he's a real wordsmith he really is like uh the way he organizes his sentences it's uh i i really really enjoy the way he he does that so i'm so stoked for the rejected it's gonna be good times man you know so much good stuff and announced today from source point uh rotten tail has been cast yes that's big news (laughs) synchronized swatches bitches like what corin nemec right on (laughs) yep uh david hayes is actually one of my mentors um He's teaching me a lot, I think, uh, not only in story structure, but in, uh, in the business aspect. There's a lot I don't, I still do not know about the writing business, and he's just really taking me under his wing, and I really appreciate it. But kudos to him. Rotten Tail, of course, is about, uh, a demented Easter bunny, uh, who comes back to, or mutant Easter bunny, excuse me, who comes back to his home of, uh, White Falls and wreaks havoc and just slashes everybody to bits. So if you enjoy anything like Evil Dead, you'd really dig it. Too awesome, man. Too awesome. I I love, love, love talking to that guy. And it is years overdue since I've to get him on this show. I've never had him on this show. And it's absolutely a ridiculous thing. Like he's one of those like very few people left that I'm like, how the fuck has he not gotten on this show yet? You know? Yeah, he's very so, charismatic and, you know, Rotten Tail becoming a major motion picture. And I'm honored to say that we are in talks of working together on a, a future project that I can't too talk too much about right now. Um, but we had talked about it, uh, you know, a few months ago. So I'm excited about that. Why can't I be in Michigan so I can be in all this shit? <laughs> I don't know, man. You tell me. <laughs> I want to be in all this shit, but you got to be pro in all this, you know. Uh, Jay was just up here doing auditions for the Dead Duck and Zombie Chick radio show, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I don't got a card or nothing, so I couldn't even like go out for that. Got to get my shit in order, man. Gave that shit up way too early, but uh, yeah, the Rotten Tail—that's crazy. And because uh, David, he does so much. Like he's such a renaissance guy you know and he was just on comic book men yes he was yeah <laughs> i saw him how, um and, and you're hell, right how did that happen <laughs> <laughs> he david hayes has do, does and has done everything and you know actually that was just part of his mentoring me was like you need to branch out and start at least trying to write other things other than comic books and books write a screenplay you know write a play um, you have to just get out there and try your hand at everything. You have to be well versed in this industry. You know, I, I got a little idea floating in my in my head uh, that we may be able to chat about uh, Casey. You know. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to talk about that a little after uh, when we get offline. I'll, I'll, I'll spill you some beans, and uh, you know, we'll see how good that brain of yours really can work. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bit of a challenge, uh, but. Uh, you know, with knowing so many wonderful creative brains in this industry, I'm sure I'll be able to figure it figure it out somehow. But uh, yeah, I'm good. You know what? That's it. I got to chase David down, though. I got to get him on. Uh, you know, I got a nice little line. It's been a while. Uh, you're the first person Michiganite I've talked to in a in a while. There's been so much fun stuff going on here at home that. Uh, you know, it's it's been a bit. So it, we it's miss fun. you so much. I feel like I'll we're talking through like a glass enough. pane in like prison. Like I'm coming to visit you, or vice versa. Well, like, I think <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that uh, Travis was really uh, gonna dive into trying to get to Toronto Comic Con in March and get set uh, something set up for Source Point. So if he brings a team down, you best be on it. Oh, I've never been to Toronto. I know you need to come to Toronto. It's, I know it's, it's it's a magical place of wonder and delight. That's what I hear. <laughs> it's a Canadian Disneyland. <laughs> hey, uh, one thing we can mention that was good about the states today is uh, a, a very good thing did happen, and I would like to congratulate California. Yeah, on legalizing the ganja. Congratulations, California. You know we're right behind you. Uh, it's coming through here in April nationwide, which will be fun. So, you know, 
that's uh it's gonna be good indeed but uh yeah you have to come on up and have a good time party in uh in the t dot you know Mm-hmm. absolutely i'm excited it's 2017 is gonna be a big year for for a lot of us it's just gonna yeah. be the year you know Oh yeah, and there's you know I got to come out not just for cons, but there's a particular uh, wedding of a particular mutual friend of ours oh, that you'll be chatting with that uh, I'm gonna have to invest on tripping out for that, but I'm greatly looking forward to it. So uh, those two are those two are a cute little couple. I I adore them both. So you know I'm I'm happy to get on out there and see everybody. So I'm so stoked for that wedding. That's June 24th. Um, cause I've got my calendar marked and they're having Slow's barbecue cater their wedding. How badass is that? I hope it is. And I'm going to take your word. It is. You've never had Slow's. Oh no. my God. They're mac and cheeses. This shit. I've never heard of Slow's. Slow's so. is a staple here in Detroit. And, um, they, sometimes you have to wait an hour or two hours to get a table. It is that good. Wow. That's crazy. It's great uh... barbecue. That sounds like a joint I'd like to try. Where was that place that we went after Motor City the one year? Like, oh, not last oh. year, the year before. Just like a Texas barbecue place or something. That's one of the best pulled pork sandwiches I've ever had. It was so, so good. Man, what was that? It, what, what year was it? It was Did the I year know? before last. and uh, or It wasn't just last, right? No, I think it was the year before last, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like Texas Barbecue Big House or something or other. Texas right Roadhouse? Here. Yeah, that, that might have been it. It might have been one of those. Oh, yeah, I've we eaten got, those we, before. I yeah, ate one we of those in Ohio. Those. Actually, I have a gift certificate burning a hole in my pocket for Texas Roadhouse. They're blooming onions. Awesome. Yeah, I had, the, I had that in uh, Ohio. Speaking of Ohio, uh, this coming Monday, we'll be conversing with the man in black himself, Mr. Dirk Manning. Ah, uh, yeah, he's coming of off, of coming off the heels of uh, another gangbuster Kickstarter ass kicking. Oh, he's something else, man. What was that? Twenty grand in like a day or two or some shit? Uh, a million? Who knows? Let's jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Canadian dollar dollar bills, but uh, in gold giblets. Gold. <laughs> Give us gold. You must pass along your ducats. Arms for the poor. Arms for the poor. He's been looking a little extra slick in his uh, videos lately, too. That one first video he did, he was all bonoed out. Oh, yeah. The, I, the first thing I said, when you commented, didn't you? Is that yeah. He was playing his bono. I was like, oh, my God. I screenshot that comment. And I yeah, said it to my Halloween. boyfriend, I was like, spot on. <laughs> Give him some props. Keep calling the poor man just your boyfriend, talented artist than himself, Mr. Jason Westlake. Yes, he's actually the Nora cover artist. Yeah, absolutely. What else have you been up to? Anything? Uh, sketch cards. It's sketch, sketch cards season. Sketch and he's card racking season. them up. Nice. So, <laughs> he's doing like a, a, a European collection. It's uh, British television shows. Um, so, you know, trying to get that, uh, that Christmas money and, uh, he's just gearing up for next year. He kind of took a break from cons for a bit. Um, work Mm kind of took over, but it's going to be a whole new ball game next year. So, um, again, it's like, you know, your kind of year, like a rest and repose. Let's gear up for 2017. But you guys just moved too, right? Like you guys just got yourself a brand new, uh, paradise Mm -hmm. that you're living in. So, you know, that takes up a lot of time and effort, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, but yes, 2017, it's going to be the year. But uh, for now, as it is 2016, where can people presently lay their eyes upon Nora? Uh, you can find that at sourcepointpress.com. Uh, we are also in about 90 stores across the United States. So you might be able to find us. And if your store does not carry SourcePoint Press, uh, tell them to check us out because it is half off cover price. Uh, for retailers and free shipping, even to Canada. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's very interesting to know because we got to get a base up here. We got to get, we got to get at least one.